Hey everyone, welcome to The Daily Word. I'm really glad that you've joined me. And for our Daily Word today, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'd like to share verses 12 and 13 with you. And then let's talk just for a few minutes today about how in our temptations, God gives us here both a warning and a way out. So if you would, hear the word of the Lord. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, He will show you a way out so you can endure. Well, no doubt, friends, the believers in Corinth faced amazing temptations. I mean, things that we honestly can't even imagine. I mean, maybe in a place like Las Vegas, I suppose, but um, I I remember when we we got to go on pilgrimage, on a Journeys of Paul pilgrimage, standing in Corinth there and, and knowing that the hill that you could see just above the city, that that hill was home to the Temple of Aphrodite and that something like like a thousand temple prostitutes uh, would would I don't know how you say it would uh, would practice their I guess their kind of twisted form of of worship um, and and to see all of these folks taking part in that and pressuring them to take part in that uh, it it truly was a place of of great debauchery right and and in addition to to that we we spoke about the pagan worship and how the 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 trade guilds for instance had typically had a pagan god associated with them that that they would uh, quote unquote worship by throwing these these just nasty parties and lots of of gluttony and and drunkenness and uh, and sexual perversion and so forth and and so you add that into the mix here you add then also of course just kind of everyday temptations that that people face uh, that they would face in their relationships in the church and so forth and and Paul is addressing these temptations and one of the things he does here that's I think very instructive for us just in terms of how we read scripture is that he's he's showing us how to to read the Old Testament and part of what he shows us here is that we we read the Old Testament uh, through uh, through our relationship with Jesus Christ we see how he is the fulfillment of all of of the the Old Testament and and so for instance we we see him here declaring that that Jesus is the spiritual rock that traveled with them and uh, and that the rock from which they drank was was Christ and so he, he shows us to look for Jesus there in the Old Testament and and he also teaches us to to read the Old Testament in a sort of a a, a spiritual metaphor uh, uh, metaphorically uh, to read to see what it was that that God intended for us to learn, like why why were the stories, why were these things recorded in Scripture, and and to know that the living Word of God, it, it's not just history, but that in fact all of Scripture is God breathed, and all of it is 
is useful and, and is meant to teach us and to transform us. And, and so he, he instructs us then to, to read according to a, a spiritual metaphor. And, and we see there then a, a warning, these instances in the Old Testament where, uh, where folks turned away from God and to sin, where they allowed uh, sin to, to get between them and the Lord, even though God was doing amazing things like freeing them from slavery in Egypt, God was leading them through the wilderness, through the desert, providing for them in miraculous ways. And yet, even though God was doing all of that, they still... Uh, many of them would turn away from the Lord. And Paul's, Paul's gonna, he's going to blast a common myth that we still run into today that, that many times we, we still try to use to justify our sin. He blasts this myth that, oh my goodness, no one has ever faced what I'm facing. No one's ever gone through what I'm going through. And, and if God Somehow, you know, if God foresaw what I'm going through and what I'm facing, God would understand. He would, he would understand me giving into this temptation, doing this. I'm, I'm so unique. And essentially, Paul says, listen, um, you're not special. None of us are, are special in this way. The, the same temptation, uh, temptations have been recycled time and time and time and time again. He says, you're not facing something that other people have not faced. You are not special. That does not justify your sin. He says in verse 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And not only is he saying your sin's not unique, so don't think that you can just justify your sin, but he's also saying to us that your sin is not inevitable, right? That that you are not facing your sin alone. They're caving into your temptations, therefore, because you face those together with the Lord. Giving into your temptation is not inevitable that we have a choice, and it is a choice, in fact, that is empowered by the Lord. He, he doesn't allow our temptations to be more than we can handle, and He gives us a, a way out. He gives us a way to lean on Him and to move past and beyond those sins. And thanks be to God, we are under His grace to know that even when we stumble, even when we fall, to know that there is grace enough to forgive us, that we are held in His grace, that God doesn't see us stumble and say, oh, well, that's it. That's the last time. That's all the grace I've got. Friends, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And yet we must take this warning with great seriousness because, friends, our sin indeed does come between us and God, and our sin can, in fact, turn us away from God. I I have come to mind the the words of, of John the Apostle in 1 John. It's a very interesting thing uh, because he talks about forgiveness, but also our calling away from sin here. Beginning in 1.8, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from our wickedness. 
If we claim we've not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. Then we get to chapter 2, though, here. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? You just said if, if we claim to not have sinned, we're, you know, we're, we're telling a lie and we're calling God a liar and so forth. It says, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for, for our sins, and not only for our sins, but the sins of all the world. And so the calling here indeed is that we would not sin, that we would not give in to temptation. And the Lord, He gives us His Spirit that we might actually walk in His strength and overcome temptation. And, and so let's, let's hear both hear the warning and also to hold on to the knowledge that there is a way out. Praying that the Lord would give us the wherewithal when we're in moments of temptation, the wherewithal to, to think and to lean upon the Lord to say, Lord, this is, this is a great temptation, and yet I know that you are giving me a way out. Lord, where is it? Show me, please, Lord, and enable me to walk into it. And Lord, thank you, thank you, that even though there is sin in my life, even though I stumble, even though I am not perfect, I am forgiven, and I am yours. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. And friends, till we have a chance to speak again, I pray that God would bless you and that He would keep you.